rolling out. If you don't know, you won't know. You inside the Dangerous Jobbers podcast. I am your boy, Dangerous Duke Duncan. And I'm your boy, Stevie Jobber. And we just putting wrestling over one podcast at a time. All right, so we got a lot of fun stuff to talk about this week. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. First things first, we're going to kick it off with the wrestler of the podcast. And for that, it's going straight to Stevie Jobber. All right, guys. This week for the wrestler of the pod, this is our... Uh, is this our official sixth episode or fifth episode? Uh, this is the sixth episode, but it's the fifth wrestler of the podcast. So for the fifth wrestler of the pod, we are going to go with a guy I've been following for a really long time. His name is Daniel Torch. If you're a fan of any uh, punk rock from the 90s into the 2000s, if you like My Chemical Romance, Fallout Boy, any reference that he makes consistently in his Instagram, you will like this guy. He's the personification of uh, My Chemical Romance's The Black Parade. It's uh, pretty much his whole gimmick. Yeah, I know. The guys, I know you're a big fan of him because you've told me about him a couple times now. A couple times. I've been following him for a long time. He's a really good guy. Um, really great moves. Really great look. And I'm a, you know, I'm a sucker for a good look. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been a former SPW champion. That's... Uh, the wrestling company that he's most consistently in he uh spw just for you guys who don't know is the supreme pro wrestling uh organization he's also been the ppw cruiserweight champion which is phoenix pro wrestling okay he's been doing this for a long time and he's really good at it so go check him out guys daniel torch all right there we go uh and now we are going to kick it off with aew um just want to say first things first congratulations to all elite wrestling this week was the first time they've hit a million views on tv and that is a huge accomplishment for them yeah very big number for them it means a lot to them it means a lot to some of the other wrestling companies out here especially wwe because um if you've been in any of the comments of the debates for wwe and aw a lot of the big debate is that they haven't reached a million. Yeah, they can't I, get a million. You know what I mean? They yeah, can't I don't, get a million I don't even views. think NXT's hit a million yet since uh, AEW's come around. Yeah, so it's it's a very big step, and I think it puts a lot of people on notice. Oh yeah, definitely. It, sh- it shows that you know they're not playing around. They're actually here to they're actually here to do some business. Mm-hmm. And you know what? There's rumors that NXT is uh, moving away from Wednesdays. <laughs> yeah. They're like, we don't want to compete with AEW right now, so let's just move to Tuesdays and compete with Impact. Exactly. And Jericho said, um, either on his podcast or when somebody interviewed Jericho, they told him about the rumor that NXT was moving, and he said, you know what? Um, Good for them. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, it makes our job easier. Yeah, he was like, it's better to focus on your brand rather than trying to go head to head with us because. Very true. You just can't <laughs> stop us. You know what I mean? He took that uh, kill him with kindness approach right there. Absolutely. Wish them the best, but, you know, it's better for them to focus on their thing instead of worrying about what we're doing. Because mm-hmm. they're doing some good stuff right now. So I think the reason they hit a million uh, views this week, maybe it's got something to do with uh, our boy Miro finally popping up. Mm. Miro Day. Yeah, Miro Day. For those of you guys who don't know, Miro made his debut on... Uh, AEW Miro, formerly known as Rusev. Mm-hmm. I think I, his I think his tagline now is the best man. Yeah, the best man. 
I like that uh, that promo he cut. Yeah, I liked it too. The, the promo was cool because he was like, um, I think he said something about like 10 years uh, climbing and trying to get to the brass ring. He said, well, you could take that brass ring and shove it up your ass. <laughs> I was like, damn, if that's not him digging at Vince and the WWE, I don't know what is. Oh, man. Take a take a second. Let's all think back to that. Um, that was it. The the network interview where he said that. Uh, what podcast was that? Was that the Jericho podcast or the Austin podcast? What the the brass ring oh, comment? Yeah, long a long time ago when the WWE Network was in its uh, beginning stages, Vince had that interview where he did his whole brass ring thing. Uh, yeah, I remember what you're talking and about. And it has really, really, really come back to bite him. Like, every single time someone leaves and becomes better, that brass ring comment is so bad. You like, know, just for that, you know who I want to see leave and talk about the brass ring comment? Hmm. Cesaro. I knew you were going to say that. Because Cesaro was supposed to be one of the guys that was going for the brass ring. Yep, I think he was the start of the conversation. Yeah. Because I forget who it was. Um... I, I feel like it was Austin. There was a lot of guys. I'm that, not sure. There was a lot of guys that. But I feel like it was like Austin was saying that he was uh, he was back there watching him and he really liked him and Vince was like, yeah, I hope he gets over. <laughs> yeah. Man, there was a lot of people that Vince wanted to get over and he just couldn't. Did he really want to get them over though? Like he he wanted them to be over. He wanted them to be over. Yeah, because remember he had a he had a fixation with uh, Mason Ryan for a little bit. Yeah, and that guy's nowhere. Yeah, he he saw him as the next Batista. We that see how that turned out. out. Did not work out. Yeah, but all right. So we got Miro making his debut. Um, do you think? You think he becomes a world champion over there? I think he becomes a TNT champion. Really? Definitely. So you don't you don't see Miro as a as a world champion in a promotion? You know what? Um, some of these guys for me. Um, because there's certain guys that leave, and you just know. Mm-hmm. Back in 2000, that's how it felt when Christian left. When he debuted and he did that huge um, promo at oh, TNA. And, 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 yeah, in TNA. And from then on, they called him the Instant Classic. And it was because I think everyone that was a fan of Edge and Christian, everyone that was a fan of Christian in general, mm-hmm. once they heard him talk, once... You know what I mean? It was just the moment you were waiting for, like, you knew he had it. I don't necessarily know that Miro has it. Like, some of these guys that leave mm-hmm. are right to leave because they you just know their potential. Okay. I don't know all of Rusev's potential. I know that Rusev definitely has um, the ability to succeed on his own, but I don't know if it's world championship yeah, you, material you just don't yet. know if it's the guy type of potential. Exactly. I don't know if it's, if it's Drew McIntyre level yet. But it's yeah, certainly okay. it's I, certainly it's certainly mid card level. I th- I Absolutely. think I think he's going to be able to do it. It's just going to take him some time because he he was in WWE for so long. He never got a chance to be himself. He everything for him was like scripted, scripted to a T. Stick to the script. Mm-hmm. Like you were Bulgarian brute forever. Mm-hmm. And then he did. Nobody thought he would be good as a face. The Rusev Day thing worked, and that worked really well. It got him over. Tremendously. I feel like uh, it wasn't enough to make him a WWE world champion, but I feel like if he had that gimmick somewhere else in a different company, 
He oh, could have been. Hell yeah. He could have been a world champion. Like if, if he would have went to AEW with Rusev Day, I think he could have been a world champion. If he if he'd have went to Impact, he definitely would have been the Impact World Champion. Okay, well, try this one on for size. Because um, we said the same thing about Ty Dillinger. Mm-hmm. When the 10 thing was viral and it was everywhere and everyone from Cody Rhodes to Kurt Angle was doing it, um, there was no doubt this guy had the potential to be a world champion. And the only thing stopping him was management. With Rusev Day being so big on its own, like Ty Dillinger's uh, Perfect 10 thing was, Ty's different for me, though. Is I, he, though? I, I never really saw Ty as a world champion. Ty, Ty, for me, is like a slightly more over... Not slightly. Okay, Ty is like a more over Lance Storm. He's a reliable worker in the ring. He can go out there and give you a solid match. But it's he's never going to be the guy to be a world champion. Now, granted, now he's proven me wrong a little bit. But that's just what I thought at the time. I, I thought the perfect 10 Ty Dillinger was just a Lance Storm or an Al Snow that was just a little bit more popular with fans. Let's not say Al Snow. Well, no, because like he's a great in-ring talent. Like He can train people. Like He has his own school. He's a great teacher. He's a student of the game. This is true. He's just he's just missing something. Like He's just... This is true. I mean, like I said, now he's proving me wrong a little bit because now I think he can definitely be a champion. Mm-hmm. But... At that time, I didn't really think it. Like, I thought he could have been, like, a mid-card champion. Like, not no, you know, four- or five-time intercontinental U.S. champion, mm-hmm. but, you know, like a two-time champion, three-time champion. That I, I thought he could have been um, on the same level that Miz is. Just like a one-time world champion and a great mid-card champion? A gr- just a really good mid-card champion. Okay. Or or like a he had the potential to be a Kofi Kingston. Yeah. But you okay. had to give him the leeway. Okay, yeah. I think you just needed the shot is what I'm saying. Okay, yeah, just But okay. you knew he you knew he had something in him that could be really great. It didn't I, have to be world wait, champion. When you said the Kofi Kingston thing, I, I get it, yeah. You know okay, what I'm saying? That I'll I'll give you. Or for the oldies, um, if J L H is listening to this. <laughs> um, Shout out J L H. He didn't have to be, um, he didn't have to be a macho man, but he could have been a Mister Perfect. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. He didn't have to be the guy, but he could have been a, a really great name. Yeah, he he could he could have been a household name, but mm-hmm. not the guy. That I agree with. Okay, I'm pretty sure JLH will appreciate that one too. Um, all right, so moving on, I'm gonna stick with AEW. And let's go with um, let's go with the Matt Hardy speech. Um, for those of you guys who don't know, AEW just recently had their pay per view, and Hardy took a nasty bump. Like nasty, that, nasty, nasty. It was a bump that when I watched it back, I was like, "Ooh, that was bad." Like it, it made me cringe, and I don't cringe that much watching wrestling matches. Yeah, I'll say this um, for any longtime wrestling fans that listen to this pod. Um, there comes a time when you stop watching it for the enjoyment at times, mm-hmm. and you really watch it for the technique. Yes. 
And that's what you start to love about it instead of the characters. And sometimes it becomes the in-ring work that you really you really love about watching wrestling. Absolutely. Because at, at, when you get to a certain point in time, it, it kind of becomes like... It kind of becomes like an art to you. You want to see how it happens and how it breaks down. Right, how they paint the story, how they make the moves happen. Mm -hmm. But what comes with that is knowing when something goes terribly wrong. Yes, and, and something went terribly wrong in this match. I don't know if it was Matt overjumping or mm -hmm. Sammy Guevara using too much force, but they were on top of a, um, a, like a, like a warehouse cherry picker type of thing that raises you up. And uh, Sammy Guevara speared Matt Hardy, and the spot was for them to go through two tables. Matt missed the first table completely. Mm -hmm. Went through the second table, but he missed the first table completely, and his head bounced off the concrete. And the ref threw the X up, and there was backlash for that because they still wound up having the match. Mm -hmm. But... That, that's kind of a gray area for me because Matt was clearly messed up, but I think the reason that they made the match continue was because the stipulation was if Hardy loses, he's out of AEW. Mm -hmm. And that just goes to tell me Matt was always going to win this match. Yeah. I think just for booking reasons, they may have gone on with it. Mm -hmm. And just the, the utter professional Matt Hardy is, um, yeah, he's cool. gone through a lot of tables. Mm -hmm. He's took a lot of bumps. Um, I don't know if he's taken as many bad bumps as his brother has, but yeah, he's no, that, certainly hardcore in his own right. Absolutely. And I think if Matt had enough to go, mm -hmm. um, I remember in one of the many wrestling documentaries that I watched, um, Triple H was talking about a triple threat match he had with The Rock and Kurt Angle where Kurt was completely concussed and um in certain situations the match just has to go on like that yeah and i think they just had to find the finish i mean only me even though they knew matt was out of it and yeah. they waited a while until matt was ready to go yeah and then even though the spot where um the spot where Guevara just kind of dragged him mm -hmm. very scary yeah i mean don't get me wrong there's plenty of people that can get concussed and still finish a match. And Matt is one of those people. But it's still a scary thing to watch. When you know somebody's concussed and you're like, oh, God, let's just let's just see how this goes. Because it's a scary thing. Because we're all fans. We all like to see, you know, crazy stuff. Like, like we say on here, we're the Dangerous Jobbers podcast. We like dangerous stuff. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, we still worry about their well-being if it gets too dangerous. Right. Um, but Matt gave a speech this week on AEW and... The speech sounded more like it was coming from Matt Hardy, the person, yes. and not Matt Hardy, the wrestler. Like it, it made me feel like he's older and he understands that, but he still has that passion for wrestling. Like he's not like it, it felt like it was a retirement speech, but it wasn't. Yeah. And basically, he said he's going to step away for a short amount of time, recover, um, and then he's going to come back get ranked in the uh, singles division and challenge for a world title. And it felt like he, he was thanking the fans, he was thanking his family. And for me, it was just heartwarming. It felt like it was Matt Hardy the person, not Matt Hardy the wrestler. Mm -hmm. But he still managed to bring both worlds into it. 
Yeah, Matt has a, a real gift for um, tapping into all the versions of him over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, but also finding the time to be very sincere, very himself. Um, it was a heartfelt speech and it kind of felt like a, you know, this is it. And when I come back, it'll be my last run. Mm-hmm. Which I don't necessarily disagree with, but yeah. it's still, you know, you know it's just one of those things. You know what it kind of reminded me of? Mm-hmm. It reminded me of when his brother, Jeff, gave the um, the going away speech in 2009. When he was like, um, he fought CM Punk in his last match on SmackDown. Oh, yeah. And he was like, um, don't be bummed out. There's still a Hardy on this show. <laughs> um, I forget how the entire speech went, but he said... This isn't goodbye forever. It's just goodbye for now. Mm-hmm. Creatures, I thank you. Creatures, I love you. It was still personal. Like yeah. It was still Jeff Hardy, the person. But it was Jeff Hardy, the wrestler, as well. Mm-hmm. That That's kind of what that speech reminded me of. So, I got a question for you now. When Hardy comes back, do you think he should be AEW world champion? Long pause. As as he sits here and contemplates the question. I mean, they gave it to Chris, right? Yeah, they gave it to Jericho. You can have Matt hold the belt on time. Have Matt have Matt hold it and have Matt go through all the stages of Matt Hardy. I really like his um, many faces of Foley Matt Hardy gimmick. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because um, I loved version one Matt. Okay. We all love Broken Matt. Yeah. Uh, my favorite version of Matt Hardy is the um, Will Not Die Matt Hardy. Yeah. Which has had an unfortunate run over the past month. But mm-hmm. it is can't, my favorite version. You can't forget about uh, Big Money Matt. <laughs> <laughs> can't forget about Big Money Matt. Oh, my God. All right. So I, I'm going to throw a fantasy booking idea out there. Let's do it. All right. So... Matt wins the title when he comes back, goes through the phases of Matt Hardy, goes through version one, goes through big money Matt, goes through will not die Matt, broken Matt Hardy versus Darby Allen for the world title in a passing of the torch match. Matt Hardy versus Darby Allen. Broken Matt. Broken Matt. Broken Matt, Darby Darby Allen, Allen, passing of the torch match. Matt holds the title for a little bit. He drops it to Darby Allen. Darby Allen is one of my favorite AEW guys. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I love a little guy getting a shot. Darby Allen is very talented. I, I wonder how Darby's character would interact with Broken Matt. Because Darby's reckless. Yeah. And then, yeah, you know, Broken Matt can be reckless too. Yeah. I think it has the potential to be great. Um, and you know what? I can't find somebody, especially a face, that could go up against Matt Hardy that mm-hmm. deserves the belt. That would really work well with his character, so I like it. Yeah. I like it. I would go. I would book that. 
I, I feel like it would be it would be a perfect you know win win scenario. Mm-hmm. That that's Hardy's last match in uh, AEW. Broken Matt Hardy gets his uh, send off and then goes on into a new universe, whatever universe that may be. And Darby Allen literally gets the keys to the kingdom handed to him. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it, I feel like it would be a good match. For AEW, that I think that would be a good send off for Matt Hardy. Yeah, I think that is a, a really good potential. I think that's a really good pick. Um, the only other guy I would go with is probably MJF, but you know how I feel about MJF. Yeah, yeah, you're just an MJF in that. I'm just biased. Matter of fact, since you're on the topic of MJF, they had their match, him and Moxley, uh, where the paradigm shift was banned. Couldn't use it. And my boy Moxley still found a way to pull out that paradigm shift and win. <laughs> So I want your thoughts on that. How do you think uh, that went down, or what do you th- what do you think of how it went down? Um, I always like I always like since uh, Edge and Eddie, the band move getting used anyway thing, <laughs> um, and it it fixed Mosley's uh, character so well. So uh, I really I really like that he pulled that out. I like the shrug. Yeah, that, that like eh, fuck it shrug. Very very Eddie Guerrero. Mm-hmm. And I'm a sucker for Eddie Guerrero. So, Absolutely. You know what I mean? Anybody that cheats the system, you know, pulls a Eddie, pulls a Rick. Uh, it's, it's, it's very funny. That and, lawyer segment was funny, too, when uh, when the lawyer was like, you know what? I, next time, let me represent you. And Moxie <laughs> was like, yeah, sure, you can represent me. And I'm sure you'll like that extra page I threw in there, too. Mm-hmm. And then he had to end up fighting the lawyer. <laughs> I was like, oh, damn, that was that was some Eddie Guerrero type stuff right there. That's really good. Who's who's a better who's a better um, who's a better bad guy in this moment? MJF or uh, Seth Rollins? I'm going with MJF just because what Seth is what Seth's doing is annoying me. Like it's not even making me angry. It's just annoying. The Monday Night Messiah gimmick is. N- the gimmick was good at first. Now it's like it's not that entertaining to me anymore. Like in a good way or a bad way, it's just it's like meh to me. I feel like it at one point, like it's grown on me at this point, mm-hmm. which I think Seth has a gift for. Even if you don't buy something in the beginning, even if you don't buy him in the beginning, it just kind of grows on you. Good guy, bad guy, you know whether you like it, don't like it, bored of it, it eventually does grow on you. Yeah, like it, it has grown on me, but it's it. But it's, it doesn't. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's good, though. Yeah, exactly. Like I like I like what MJF is doing because, um, it it seems like every time I see him on TV, he gives me something to smile about. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I I remember just um, seeing a clip because I hadn't been able to watch the full show in a second. Um. Him and Wardlow looking for the lawyer. Yeah. And um, him coming out of him coming out of somebody's dressing room. And he did that uh, that classic like bad guys nice to you thing until he isn't. <laughs> and he's he's you know like treating him like a little puppy dog. And then Wardlow comes and grips him up and shoves him against the wall. 
and then he gets like very intense and serious. Yeah. It's like I've wanted this all my life. The last thing you want to be is the guy standing in my way. And it's like that's just great dialogue. Like yeah. I don't he's, I don't know if that's written or if he's just magic like that. He's but he has the perfect like cliche bad guy lines. If it's written or not it's still great, and he's he's doing great with whatever it is that he's doing. I don't know if it's you know off the top of the head or if he's thinking of this beforehand, mm-hmm. but he's definitely entertaining, especially for being at such a young age that he is. Right, he and that's, ha- he has one hell of a future ahead of him. That's a real gift that like at his age to have so much um, so high of an IQ as a bad guy mm-hmm. to just know all the right things to say, the right looks, the right. You know what I mean? He's and and it's funny because everything, everything he has is classic. Yeah. The rich guy look. Mm-hmm. You know the big beefy bodyguard that does his dirty work. Yeah. The the dumbass campaigns mm-hmm. like like you want to hate it and and you do hate it but you love it at the same time. Right. It's like watching. It's, it's doing its job. Right. It's like watching your favorite bad guy movie. It's like, oh, you're such an a-hole, but this is keeping me tuned in, so keep going. Right, yeah. It's literally like, I want to see how is. far you can take it. Because at first, I wasn't too sure about MJF when AEW first started, just because, mm-hmm. you know, it's the start of everything. Right. And I think MJF, out of everybody there, has grown on me the most. Like, I actually enjoy watching MJF. Mm-hmm. So, he's got really good stuff. Man. He definitely does. So, big kudos to MJF and everything he's doing. Um... And then just a quick touch on this, um, Kenny Omega and Adam Page, you think they're splitting up? I do. Do you want them to split up? I do, and I do. I, I want them to split so up. We're on the same page on that. Sorry. One. Yeah, because I, I wasn't a fan of them as a tag team. Kudos for them getting belts. I didn't think they'd get as far as they got. I didn't even. And you know what? Honestly, with them struggling to find out what their tag team division is going to be, when they held is, the belts, it was kind of like, God, you know. They're, so they're, what's their tag division right now? It's literally Kenny and Adam. FTR was a good addition. Yes. Uh, Private Party, the Young Bucks. Mm-hmm. And that's really like their most relevant teams. Um. Yeah. Cause well, you got Jurassic Express, and they're like who's. That. Currently, the jobbers of the show. Yeah, like they're they're the entertaining job. They're like yeah, they're like really good, but they don't win anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, isn't like half of SoCal uncensored? Uh, yeah, you got injured? you got my boys SCU um, with the legendary tag team of the Angel, the Fallen Angel, Christopher Daniels. Yeah, because he's, he's the one who's injured right now, right? Is, uh, uh, I believe it's Christopher Daniels. Christopher Daniels, yeah, and then Scorpio Sky is. Currently doing, getting pushed, doing his little singles thing, and yeah, Kazarian is just Kazarian, just like who's always been the lesser of the two. <sighs> Did I drop a bomb, I, Kazarian? You're not as good as the Fallen Angel, Christopher I don't know, Daniels. Man. We're, we we gonna, we are gonna have a talk about this one day. I've sir. been watching TNA for like twenty years. Never once have I been like Kazarian. That guy, he's. He's the guy. Never have I, never have I said that. Kazarian's good though. Like, don't get me wrong, but he's he's never been Christopher Daniels. I think the COVID Sorry. era is going to end with me and Stevie over here having a battle. 
the oh. Yeah, and I just and I just took your phrase. Hashtag COVID era. Yeah, I think it's gonna end with us two having a battle over Kazarian and uh, Christopher Daniels. Um, but to the point, um, while we're on that, just because I mentioned this um, to Mrs. Jobber earlier today. Shout out, Mrs. Jobber. Um, I wanted to shine some light on um, a forgotten tag team. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched the first. I watched the dawning of Lucha Underground. Yeah. And in the dawning of Lucha Underground are a lot of current stars. Um, Pentagon Junior. for one. Ray Phoenix, his brother. Mm-hmm. Um, Ricochet, another. Prince Puma. Uh, not to mention John Morrison when he was on his singles run. Yeah, John. And he was important he to the Indian. Uh, Johnny Mundo, yeah. Um, another two guys, two great guys that came from that are um, Angelico and Jack Evans. Oh. They were. I remember being very excited when they first got signed to AEW, but they haven't been used because Jack Evans that. has a hairline fracture. Okay. So I believe uh, Angelico faced somebody this week. I can't. I can't for the life of me remember who what was it was. on uh, AEW Dark. Possibly, yeah. But um, I was happy to see him. But it did make me remember that they were a prominent tag team for a second mm-hmm. before Jack Evans had got hurt. And they're two very good, very athletic guys. Yeah. And I can't wait for them to come back because the tag team division needs... Needs help. It needs help. And those are two really good guys. Jack I, Evans is a really good talker, and Helico is a really good high flyer. I feel like all the tag team divisions right now are a little lackluster everywhere. Whether, whether it be injury or, you know, you just don't have the right people in the right mm-hmm. places. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, 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 I'm going to... This might sound a little crazy... But at the current moment, I feel like the best tag team division is Impact. Is Impact? Is Impact, because think about it. You got the Good Brothers over there. You got Very the Motor good. City Machine Guns. Super good. Uh, Ace Austin and um, Matt Ace Man Austin Fulton. is very good. Um, you have the North over there. I feel like their tag team division... All is their just, Canadian teams are really good. Yeah, like, I, I feel like their tag team division, for some reason, is just a little bit better than AEW's and WWE's right now. Mm-hmm. I think WWE, once everybody comes back healthy, they're going to have the upper hand again. But until that point in time, I think that's Impact's winning the tag team division race. I think so. And it's, it's funny, AEW, at first you thought... The top two divisions were probably going to be the singles and the tag teams. Probably mm-hmm. more the tag teams than the singles. I, I think, and it has not turned out that way. I think they're just not booking their tag team division the right way in AEW. Yeah, what, what do you think it's going to take? Because put the FTR, FTR is... <laughs> but is that really going to change it, though? It'll happen. It, need, it needs to happen because I feel like Omega and Paige were the wrong pair to have as your tag champions and that's well, why the division well, isn't definitely you don't you don't put two guys that aren't tag teams yeah like Kenny Omega's an amazing wrestler it doesn't make any sense Kenny Omega's an amazing wrestler one of the best wrestlers on the planet right now that's true and it'd be different if it was Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi yeah, uh, yeah absolutely if it was like somebody he actually tag teamed with but oh, to would, put that, it with that would be a tag team in, in AEW that I would love to see. Abushi and Kenny, yeah, bring, bring the, the Golden, Golden Lovers, Lovers over to AEW. That would be great. But to my point, though, like having a throw together tag team, yeah, that as is, the leaders of your tag team division is like 
It's ridiculous. It just sheds light on how sucky your tag team division is. It, it didn't make any sense. Which you shouldn't say when you have the Young Bucks in FTR. This is very true, but I, I don't know. I think it's like the Cody thing, where Cody couldn't make himself champion because mm-hmm. then what does it say about the division Yeah, that we have to put the butt on Cody? Mm-hmm. Like, it was different with Jericho because, you know, Jericho was just holding the bell because he's the biggest star there. Yeah. And then and sooner or later. Some, until somebody else gets a, enough buildup to actually. Unfortunately, that was Moxley. But <laughs> oh, that's it. eventually they will create a star from the inside. Let's get the tables. Out. Which is why I thought MJF would have won the belt. But that's a story for another day. Yeah. Eventually, MJF will be world, world champion. champion. Yes. I, I think it's it's coming up soon. I really believe it. Yeah, well before Hangman Page. Oh, because that's just going down the drain. So I do think they're going to break up. I do think, I do agree that Impact may have the better tag team division out of all the all the pro wrestling sites right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Since we're on the topic of Impact, uh, the Good Brothers cleaned house and whooped every tag team in the ring. Um, There was a tag team title match. Uh, between the Motor City Machine Guns and I'm gonna be honest, I don't even know who the other tag team was. The Rascals. Just, I wasn't. The Rascals. I wasn't paying attention. That that was my sleep From time. From the Little Rascals. Yeah, the Rascals. That that was my sleepy time. I was I was kind of tired then. So, uh, but yeah, there was a tag team title match, and uh, every tag team for some reason or another mm-hmm. came out and wanted to be a part of it. So, you got those two teams having their match. Ace Austin, Madman Fulton come out. The North came out. And then, eventually, the Good Brothers came out, and they were the last team standing. Mm-hmm. So, that was just something that stuck out to me. I love Carl Anderson. I'm a huge supporter of Carl Anderson. Doc Gallows, eh. But, uh, I just... I want to see the Good Brothers actually become relevant because Mm -hmm. those two have such amazing chemistry yeah they've done a whole lot of really good work and especially since it's weird for me because when they were in the bullet club doc gallows didn't come in until later Mm -hmm. so he he, like he's an og but he's not an og because balor brought him in Mm -hmm. but he wasn't there at the start when it was the four right and i think he was like what the, the fifth or sixth to come in Somewhere along there. Um, and that just shows me that those two have great chemistry, especially since, you know, he's not technically day one. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you think they can become the best tag team in Impact? Well, I think the inevitable main event is the Motor City Machine Guns and the Good Brothers. Mm-hmm. Looking at their tag division, yes, it's, it's, it's a very prominent tag division. I really like the Motor City Machine Guns. The North have been on top for forever. Yeah, I was gonna say any I'm, Canada, I'm Canada team North. has just been running tag divisions and impact. Very true. Like even back to Team Canada with Eric Young and Bobby Roode and mm-hmm. uh, Maple Leaf Muscle Petey Williams. Shout out to Petey Williams. It's my fucking guy. Still one of the weirdest looking my people I've ever seen. God, Petey Williams. The dude was five foot six and built like Bobby Lashley. And he was the creator of the Canadian Destroyer. Still one of the weirdest looking wrestlers I've ever seen. Love that man. Anyway, um, even with how good their tag team division is, 
um, the Good Brothers showing up is a monumental impact. They're a monumental tag team. They ruled Japan. They could have ruled WWE. Damn it, Vince. You know, that's how the the cookie crumbles. But I do think with the Motor City Machine Guns coming back to reassure their dominance Mm -hmm. and the new signing at the exact same time of the Good Brothers, it's just inevitable that it's some huge pay-per-view. It won't be Slammiversary because it was, you know, they debuted at Slammiversary, but it'll, maybe... It'll be, it'll be somewhere down the line. It'll be somewhere in the in the near future yeah, that they get the title. Yeah, whatever their next main, like, huge pay-per-view is, it'll that, that's the inevitable main event to me. Okay. I agree with you. I do. Um, I don't. I don't know exactly when it'll happen. But I know they're definitely going to be the tag champs. I think they'll be multi-time tag champs, depending on what their contract looks like. For but sure. I, I can see them being uh, the Impact Tag Team Champions maybe like two or three times. For sure. Um, and I want your thoughts on your boy because he has hit a resurgence since he's gone back to Impact. Your boy, EY. Eric Young. The maniac himself. Yes, the, the world-class maniac. Um. So, what are your thoughts? How do you think? How do you think he's doing since he has left WWE? You know what? There's a thing about a guy, um, being overlooked, underappreciated. Going back to the people that know exactly what he's about. Mm-hmm. There's just a natural aura. There's just the it's just it's like uh, you just show up and you know like and, this and is you know it's money it's just on you know and it's like the moment he got there for that uh, main event slam anniversary he was just it was just on you were just ready I feel like there was a research you know about I mean? him a little bit too it's just like it, it, and that's what it was I think he stepped back through the gates mm-hmm. he was home and it didn't matter if there was anybody in the crowd. You know what I mean? He was going to perform. Magic. He was going to be EY. He was going to be the EY we we've, we've seen grow, we that we've known and we loved, the EY that was underutilized. Mm-hmm. I still go back to the um line he had in the interview when he left where he said he went up to Vince McMahon and he was like um you like you you're a failure. If you don't have anything for Eric Young, like what are you doing? Yeah, it it was very it was very CM Punk esque because CM Punk did in the same type of uh, he said he had the same type of uh, conversation with Vince on the uh, Coca Cabana podcast. He said he he spoke with Vince and he was like, "If you don't think I'm the guy, if you don't think CM Punk can be the guy to lead WWE, then fucking release me." Mm-hmm. And that's what Punk said. Mm-hmm. And I feel like EY kind of went about it the same way. If you don't mm-hmm. think I can be the guy. If you don't think I can get the brass ring, then let me go. Because why am I here? And you know what? It's a crazy thing because you have to look at everyone they brought in from Impact when it felt like they were going to buy it. You have to look at everyone who came from TNA to WWE. And you have to look at the track record. I think everyone that has come from, like of, of all the big names that came from TNA and jumped ship mm-hmm. to WWE. 
I think EY is probably the most underutilized, like the most underutilized Absolutely. and underappreciated. And the crazy thing is, like, it, for you guys that are strongly WWE based, you may not understand, like, the monumental failure that Eric Young is talking about if mm -hmm. you've only seen him from Sanity. Yeah. And you just knew he came from TNA. But for the guys that have watched in the 2000, 2003 to 2006, um, seven, um, the rise of pretty much everyone that jumped ship to WWE after TNA was mm -hmm. going through whatever yeah. it was creatively, a lot of these guys were on par with AJ Styles. Like, AJ Styles wasn't the only guy. Yeah, no. Samoa Joe was at the level of AJ Styles. Bobby Roode was Bobby Roode was at the level of AJ Styles. Eric Young was at the level of AJ Styles. Yeah. Well, maybe not AJ Styles, but he was he was still he on was very level. high up there. Yeah, he, he he wasn't just your average wrestler. He was somebody that you knew was above average. Like, there's a whole lot of guys they got from there that were main eventers. Mm-hmm. That were reduced to oh, tag it. team guys. I was gonna say fuck mid card. EC three, EC three didn't was even the, get the shot. EC three was the man in TNA, and EC three was the guy. He did. They did nothing with him. You you had this man stay quiet, stare in a mirror. You essentially turned him into the new Chris Masters. And we even had hope for uh, Drake Maverick. Oh yeah, it did. When Rockstar Spud came, we the were, pop Rockstar we were, Spud guy. We were there live. And he was like, we my name. We loved it. Yeah. Like. He was like, my name is Drake Maverick. And we just said, fuck, no. That is that Rockstar, Rockstar Spud. Spud. The place blew up for Rockstar Spud, man. And he said his name like three times. And, the, and we were there. The whole crowd was still chanting Spud, yes. Spud, Spud. It meant so much. Like, you bring in these guys that mean so much elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And you reduce them to comedy acts yeah basically. parodies of people that are far gone you, you, when they you, turned you, bobby rude into robert rude and basically made him robert rude mm, or rick, rick rude, rude i know what you're saying yeah i i lost my fucking mind yeah because here is a guy that is that great. is that is wwe textbook bad guy mm-hmm that has been wwe textbook bad guy for years you, you bring him here, Triple H doesn't change a thing about him because he knows he's money. He knows there's nothing to change. Mm -hmm. He's been JBL for like the past five years. Yeah. You bring him up to the main roster and you don't know how to book him? It doesn't make sense. Yeah, that's that's just Vince, dude. I, I, I seriously think that's Vince. And it it, it it tells it tells right back to what EY is saying. Like you, dude, if you don't know how to book us, something is wrong here. Like Mark, you, you gotta be an said, idiot. At this Dean point. said the same thing. He he fuck. Dean said he hated creative. And when you're held down for that long, it, it to bring it to bring it full circle, it makes it just it just turns the light on so much faster when you get back home to the people that know what you're worth. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where the resurgence came from. Yeah. Ey got back home. And he just, he knew his demographic. He knew the people that loved him. He knew where he, he was at. He knew what he had to do. He said, this isn't my first rodeo. I know what I can do. I know mm -hmm. how to do it. Just let me go do it. It was like, give me the I, ball. Like, just let me do what I know how to do. And it just, you literally just said it best. Give me the ball. I'm going to go score a touchdown. Mm -hmm. So, I think that's great. I, I'm glad he's over there and he's doing what he is because...
it's going to be great for them. Uh, now we're going to jump over to WWE. Uh, Retribution, they didn't do anything extravagant this week, but they dropped a vignette. And it was basically the five of them or the six of them. I kind of lost track of the counting. Um, but they were like in a grouping and one of them was talking and they had close-ups of their like faces but with the ski mask mm -hmm. and I couldn't help but just look at one of the people and say god damn it that's me again <laughs> like I just I don't want it to be the people in NXT that I want to do something good on their own mm -hmm. but I just looked at her eyes and I'm like yeah that's me again and I don't mean to sound mean or anything but I'm like okay her eyes are kind of kind of small so I was like yeah that's that's got to be me again and Dude. then they got the the one guy I hate saying this cuz I don't want it to be true but he kind of looks like Dijakovic and it's going to piss me off if Dijakovic is in retribution it really is I think me him is fine in retribution I'd rather have Mia Yim in Retribution than Dijakovic. Yeah, I think Dijakovic has a lot of potential. And I think red, putting him in a group with a bunch of other guys... I'd rather have Mojo in Retribution than... I think Mojo belongs in Retribution. I, I think Mojo is in Retribution. Mojo, Riley, Mia Yim, just anyone, they probably won't succeed on their own. I mean, the only logical way I would be happy with Dijakovic in Retribution is if he's the leader... And okay. he is just wrecking shit. And Retribution is there to help him wreck shit. And if he gets a title out of it, I will be happy. That That is the only logical way you make me happy with putting Dijakovic in Retribution. Do you, do you think Retribution could succeed? Uh, honestly, no. And that's why I don't want Dijakovic in Retribution. We we've been here before. We've done this before. We've so had, many times. We've had Nexus. We've had new Nexus. It's it's old at this point. Like they've had the core. Yeah. See. So, but the it core had, the core didn't really do anything. It hasn't been done right since the Shield. The and shield, they only needed three guys. Yeah. The Shield was a little different, but yeah, it hasn't been done right since the Shield. Um, the last big grouping. That has done it right was the original Nexus, not the new Nexus. And they ruined that. Yeah. Thanks, John. Thanks, Vince. I, 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 I don't... You know, there's a period of time where CM Punk was leading the Nexus that actually bought very well. Like, it was working. It worked. But and that, they ruined that. And, again, shit, fucking... Mason Ryan was in that, too. And that was the one... That was, like, a little bit of time where we actually bought into Mason Ryan. Because mm -hmm. look who was with him. Punk was leading it very well. The WWE's not good at groups. No, not at all. Groups aren't really great. Either. And the leaders are, like, they don't have credible leaders most of the time. Yeah, credible leaders, credible motives, like, long-lasting characters. Like, it just doesn't work. Mm -hmm. All right, so who do you want to be in Retribution? Um, I'm fine with me, um... I'm fine with Mojo Raleigh. I'm fine with Reddick Moss because they keep trying to find crap to do with him, and I don't want to see him on TV. Ooh, I forgot about Reddick Moss. I don't like Reddick Moss. I don't like him either, but I forgot about him. I like Tito Sabatelli, and he's is, not is, on TV anymore. Is he the uh, he the bald headed guy? 
No, Tito Sabatelli was the guy that was in um, a tag team with Reddick Moss in NXT. Um, they were they were like I know the name. I'm just blanking on. They the, were uh, these just two oh, really I'm privileged. Of, uh, Dan Mata or something. Dan Dan Mata. I think that's what I'm thinking of. He he was he was in the PC when Liv Morgan just got there. Mm. So he he's been in the PC for a while. Yeah, I have to I have to, I have to show you the guy I'm talking about, but I I, I like Tito Sabatelli and the fact that they went with Reddick Moss over Tito Sabatelli pissed me off because nothing about Reddick Moss was appealing to me. What about Damakata? Oh, Dama. Dama from uh yeah, Raw from, Underground. I like him in Retribution. I think it'll make Retribution a little more credible because Raw Underground is building him as a badass. So I think absolutely you put Damakata in that group. I think it'll be, uh, I think it'll be pretty entertaining. And he's yeah. never even talked. Yeah, he's only thing he's done is Wah! so I, I kind of want to see him in there just because Raw Underground's building him up as a badass. You put him in Retribution. All right, you know he has the reputation of wrecking stuff. So yeah. you have your muscle right there. Now you just got to find the leader. You just got to pick the right person to be the leader. Is there room for all these groups? No. I mean, well, what are all the groups? I Well, I like the Hurt Business. Yeah, the Hurt Business is a, is a necessity. Me we, personally, I think wrestling shows only need one. You yeah. only need one group. Yeah, because yeah. more than one group, to me, is too many. Oh, so you're talking about basically more than two people. I'm talking about um, groups of... Three or more? Three or... No, groups of four or more. Well, right three, now, three or more is fine because I, okay, I look at it I, this way. I was going to include the Lucha House Party in that. That's why. I look at it this way. If you have a group of three, you can have two, two, and, a manager. two and a manager. Or you can have... You can, um, you can do kind of like what... Uh, SCU and AEW does. You can just alternate your people. You can do New Day. You can do okay. Jurassic Express. You can do Best Friends and Orange Cassidy. Okay. You can do Garza and uh, Andrade with Zelina. Three three people groups. I totally get, especially okay. if, especially since there was at one point in time where you thought they were going to introduce trios titles. Yeah, yeah. Which is a thing too. Three people groups, fine. Okay. Four people groups. It, it I feel like there four or more. You can only have so many before it's yeah. like, what are we doing? Okay. Yeah, that I agree with. Right now, I think they're gonna hit too many because you figure you have um, retribution. Yes. The Hurt Business. Yep. And you know sooner or later Undisputed Air is coming up. And that's going to be too many. Y yeah, that I agree. Like that. Hurt Business? Love it. Leave Hurt Business alone, yes. Retribution? Whatever. Let that fizzle you gotta, out after Survivor Series. You got to go on your creative shield run and, yeah, you know. What's that? Uh, Survivor Series is when? November? Yeah. All right, so we, yeah, around the we, time of Survivor Series, let it die down. Yeah, you got you got to build something for whatever the fuck that's gonna be. This started in the COVID era, and it can die in the COVID era. Can exactly. I your line again. <laughs> whatever. It's the COVID era. Uh, that's what it is. 
Yeah, so I, I think so. You know, retribution, let it run its course. That's gonna die out. The her business, the group I really love, Undisputed Era, the group that's been great for years. Mm-hmm. But you move the minute you move Undisputed Era up to the main roster, and you have retribution, and you have the her business, it's gonna feel like too many people. I say you keep. You do not put those when retribution dies down, and it's just the her business and Undisputed Era. Mm-hmm. I say you keep those two groups away from each other as yeah. long as you can. As long as you can. Put the Undisputed Era on SmackDown. And then you can eventually, like, when you do the uh, cross branded stuff, mm-hmm. you got a four on four tag match right there. Just I love it. Right yeah, next year at Survivor Series, pull them out. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't even have, depending on when you bring them up, it doesn't even have to be next year. I like I like the rule of thumb theory. You know what I mean? One four-man team per show. Mm-hmm. Um, one really big, long-haired, muscly champion. Yeah, because that actually was uh, that was a thing in the early 2000s. It was Triple H with Evolution. Mm-hmm. And then you had JBL with the cabinet. Mm-hmm. Uh, that actually just came to my mind. You only need one. You only need one. And that was literally, yeah, one on each show. And that, that was four and four. Well, five for JBL because he had a... Uh, Amy Weber as the manager, but yeah, see, so yeah, that that is a good rule of thumb. One one group for each show. I like that. All right, so next we have McIntyre attacking Randy, and did you did you see that on Raw? I did. All right, so I'm I'm gonna let you take the reins on this one. This was funny. It's just funny. Is basically what it is. D- Drew pulls up um, out of the ambulance that he was in last week. Um, goes out there, I think, in the middle of the Keith Lee match. Um, lays waste to Randy Orton. Mm-hmm. A little later in the night, you know, um, they're trying to get him to leave. You know, you're not clear to wrestle. Yeah. Vince's Vince's guy. I did, what is it? A lawyer? Who? Who? who talent management? Like, uh, Adam who, Pierce. Who is this guy? Like, Honestly, what is he here for you're gonna laugh. I actually like him. Well, I like him too, I but say, I just I, don't know why he's there. He's like he's like their William Regal. Yeah, essentially. He's, he's essentially he, he's so, the GM without the title. Exactly. He's the so, GM so without he's the just, title. So he's just GM. going around like Drew. You got to go home. You're not cleared. You're gonna get yourself in danger. I like. Drew's it. like, all right, I'll go. Mm-hmm. Then you see Drew just like lurking around throughout the night, and he's like, "Drew, what the fuck are you doing here? Like, I told you to go home." And he's like, "Oh, I left this thing," and da 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 da. And then like a little later in the night, Drew knocks Randy's head off again. <laughs> and the guy's like, "What the fuck are you doing here? Go home. You're not clear to wrestle. You're just oh, putting yourself in danger." He's like, "All right, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go." He's like, a little forgot, later in the night, I, I, I forgot my cell phone. I, he's I by the, the concession stand. I, I left my bag. I left my phone. I will get it and leave. Yeah, yeah, as soon as I find it, I'll go. While he's uh, holding his phone in his hand. A <laughs> 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 little later in the night, kicks Randy's head off again. <laughs> it's just funny. It's that old school comedy, like... From the 90s where Austin's just going around whipping someone's ass and you can't get him to leave. You know what I mean? That's I, what it felt like. I thought it was entertaining as hell because he, when he pulled up in the ambulance in the beginning of the night, I'm not going to lie, I got flashbacks of old Papa Pump, Scott Steiner's theme mm. song. 
And I was like, wait, is that him coming out? <laughs> yeah, I feel you. For a second, I thought that was him. Yeah, no, but it was just, it was entertaining because it was like, all right, I did what I had to do. I'm leaving. And then he came out during the match. It's, it's like he was taking a page out of Randy's book. Yeah. All the, all the RKO's out of nowhere, punk kicks out of nowhere. All right, take this Claymore out of nowhere real mm-hmm. quick. So it was entertaining for me to watch. And then I thought the last one, was, like each one got better. Yes. Each one definitely did get better because the last one I thought was great because he threw him into the ring with no ropes. Mm-hmm. And he he did the, uh, like how Randy Orton usually falls to his knees and does the uh, the pounding. Mm-hmm. He kind of did the same thing. He dropped to his knees and he did the pounding a little bit. And then he's like, get up, get up. So it kind of, it was entertaining for me because it was like, all right, you're getting a taste of your medicine. It's good to see good, like good, well-placed comedy. Yeah, because they're, they're actually having a decent feud. They're, they're having a better mm-hmm. feud than I expected. Because mm-hmm. I thought it was just going to be like a bland feud or a feud that was there. It's actually pretty entertaining. Yeah, it's been, it's been pretty fun to see. They're letting uh, Drew kind of do what he wants to. And Randy's a great dance partner for anybody. So. Oh, yeah. And Randy can, Randy can take somebody that's green in the face and make them look great. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what he does. Randy could go in the ring and wrestle a broomstick, and it'll be a, a good quality match. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's next on the docket? We got... Uh, NXT. Ooh. Ooh, hold on, hold on. Let me let me get my... Uh, let me get my Demon plushie for this one. <laughs> All right. Demon Finn is sitting on my shoulder now, so go ahead, continue. All right, so this past Super Tuesday... Um, kicking off NXT, which was new for me, but we kicked it off with the NXT Championship match. Mm-hmm. Finn Balor um, in the sudden death match against Adam Cole, Bebe, Bebe, to determine the new NXT champion. Uh, following last week's four-way Iron Man match, that which, ended up with them both no, getting a double steal. I was gonna say, yeah, the match that Gargano didn't win, that Ciampa didn't win. That Cole didn't win, and Balor didn't win. Mm-hmm. Hell of a match, though. Great match, definitely. Just no decisive winner. Mm-hmm. So we had a decisive winner on Super Tuesday, too. And uh, it was the Prince. Yeah, my boy. Balor brought it home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you, did you um, happen to catch um, the backstage stuff? Or um, Adam Cole's post. I didn't. No, that stuff I didn't catch. So, um, after the match, backstage, there was a too sweet exchange mm-hmm. in front of uh, Triple H. Between, in front of Triple H? In front of Triple H. He was just kind of there. Yeah. <laughs> why, why, why they shot that with him just standing there was weird. But they did the too sweet exchange to each other and, you know... Solid match. Panel, paying homage uh, to their their Japan roots with the Bullet Club. Mm-hmm. And um, Cole, in a very um, modest post, said, uh, you know, no BS, no excuses. Uh, tonight you were the better man. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Very, like- very sweet. Too sweet, some would say. <laughs> yeah. Nice pun. Nice pun. Yeah, you see what I did. Uh, I I liked it. I mean, I didn't see that last little bit of stuff, but it kind of showed me that, you know, they they respect one another in a sense. Absolutely. Like they weren't the same era of Bullet Club, but they know they have history coming from the same place. Mm-hmm. 
and any major wrestling fans know that they have history in the same place. So that's that's always cool to see. It's like when um when Balor and AJ fought at Survivor Series a couple years back mm -hmm. and they two sweated in the ring. It, it, you you just know they have history in the same place, so you know it's a, it's going to be a good thing to see. It's going to get fans clamoring, uh, so that's pretty cool for me. I think. Yeah, um, I was sad that we didn't get to see the um, Bullet Club versus DIY um, thing in the Fatal Four Way, but it is cool to see that you at see some point moment, there was though, right? for um, like a short moment, or did they not do it at all for a couple of spots? But th there was no like. Standoff, uh, so the, which is what you were like, waiting for. Yeah, you know what I mean. You were waiting for that moment where yeah, that would have been a great. They're moment. on two different sides of the ring, and they look at each other. Yeah, and they, they look the at that and does their their little thing, and Balor yeah. just looks over to uh, Cole, does the two sweet, and then they just go to town. Yeah, but the, the, I that, mean, that, that didn't would have been a spot right there. Oh, hell of a spot! Oh, they hell. missed on fans, such an opportunity. Shit, if fans were there, you talk about blowing a roof off the place. That would have done it. If I booked it. But, you know, whatever. Great match anyway. Get us on creative events. Seriously. <laughs> we know what the people want. Exactly. Uh, and then we got your girl versus my girl. Ripley versus... Mercedes Martinez. All I'm going to say is that table spot was beautiful. Mm, battle of the badasses. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, my OG went down, but... Finally, and after the girl fight. came out on top, and you know what? It was the main event, which is all I could ask for. Yeah, it was. It was a great match. I mean, if that match would have gone the other way with mm -hmm. Mercedes winning, I would not have been upset because mm -hmm. they both put on an amazing match. And whether my guys are winning or they're jobbing that night, I just want the spotlight on them. Yeah. So a great as, spotlight for Mercedes as, Martinez. As long as the match is great, you don't really care if your person wins or loses. Mm-hmm. Um, Alright, so now we have Mysterio, Dominic Mysterio, I should say. Excuse me, I'll put some respect on his name. The Prince. And the other Buddy Prince. Murphy. This match was a good match. I don't know why they keep putting Dominic in street fights for the life of me. He's not Shane McMahon. Yeah, like you're trying to. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> But it it was like, all right, this is like his 37th street fight. This is getting old now. Can can this kid wrestle a regular match and get some technique about him? You know what he, you know what he needs? Um, he needs the draft. And I think, you know what, I, I, I'm, I might regret this later, but um, if there is a draft coming up, mm -hmm. and uh, one of these days we'll do, we'll do our draft episode, um, as a special thing for you guys, but um, if the draft is coming up, I do agree with some of the comments I've seen saying, you know what, um, Dominic should go to NXT. Yeah, so do I. I I'm I'm not gonna lie, I would agree. I don't I don't think he should go there alone though. What do you mean? You think Ray I should think, go too? No. Uh, no, 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 I was gonna say no. no, 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 no. I was gonna say red alert. Whatever, oh, oh, you mean whatever, other whatever, should go whatever with Ray's him. whatever Ray's doing. Should finish at WrestleMania and be done with. Oh, so you mean like other talent should like that's already on the main roster should go down? I think. I think you should be. Um, I think it should be traded to NXT. I think it should be gone for a little bit. 
so we can come back as Prince Mysterio like he wants to. Okay. So we can shed the whole Dominic um, yeah. storyline or whatever. Okay. Um, I think he should come back as Prince Mysterio, and I think he should come back alongside um, really good. I should, he should come back under somebody's wing. Under some really good Mexican wrestler's wing. I mean, now, currently, they're making all the Spanish wrestlers bad guys. Mm-hmm. Except for Lucha House Party, who sucks. But no, no you, you're forgetting someone. Except for, um, who's my guy? Who's who's the like only baby-faced Spanish person we have? I'm, I'm trying to see if you can guess his name. Um, fucking Humberto. There you go. There you go. Humberto Carrillo. Yeah. So maybe maybe him come back with Humberto. Okay. Or um, Ooh, I don't know. Maybe what maybe if, what if maybe they, what if they turn him heel and put him with Andrade and Zelina? Or I would be just as fine with him turning heel and being under Zelina El Vega. Idolo. I can't wait, man. I think that would be pretty entertaining. I love it. Oh my God! You just all right? Sorry. Fantasy booking. Oh, red alert! Red alert! Now you've now you've sparked it in my head. <laughs> All right. All right. See. So what if we do? What if he gets traded to NXT? It's rough out there. Um, only friends, Humberto. De, uh, what I keep I keep saying Humberto Carrillo. Um, Humberto Carrillo. And they're in the Dusty Rhodes Classic. Okay. Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. Um, they're in the main event. Against either probably not the uh, Phantasmo guys. I would say uh, Andrade and uh, Garza. Mm-hmm. And he turns on uh, Humberto. Ooh. To be their young boy. Kind of like uh, when Roderick Strong turned on Pete Dunne and was just like. He just whooped his ass in the ring, grabbed mm-hmm. the uh, armband, and just slid mm-hmm. the armband on it. It's like the word. classic betrayal of of, mm-hmm. of Pete Dunne. of Roderick Strong to Pete Dunne. Mm-hmm. I like that. I, I like it. I think there could be like a small like backstage interview the yeah. night before with Zelina being like, "Hey, like," and that'll be a, that'll be a really four person team right there. They, they can have a four. That'll be the next four man. Well, three man and a woman mm-hmm. group of uh, NXT. I think it'd be a really good angle. I work. think I think Zelina could come to him backstage like, "Hey, you know, this is for the tag team championships. Let me ask you something. Do you really want to be a tag team champion? Is that what you're mm-hmm. here for?" Yeah. My guys want to be tag champs. But well, if you do, come with us, what do you want to do? Exactly. We can give you what you want with help. And that'll be good because it it'll be a win-win all around because he's got he's got a manager with Zelina Vega. Absolutely. And then he has a seasoned veteran in the wrestling world of mm-hmm. uh, of um, Andrade, mm-hmm. so it'll and, a, and another second generation wrestler in uh, Garza. And I, I always forget he's second generation. Mm-hmm. Um, so see, you have that. That's actually a, it's a very solid foundation. That is a fucking great scenario right there. It's a solid. And I love that I can curse on here and speak my mind because we're unedited and unfiltered. But that is an amazing. That is an amazing idea right there. Book me. Why are we not on creative? Seriously. Like, 
we come up with some good shit. Okay, moving we on. We got we got to finish this thing out. Let's let's move on. Um, let's move on. all right. So the last thing we have on the docket is the Bailey attack on Sasha, and all I got to say is, yeah, we seen this coming a mile away. Mile away. Like we we knew one of them were gonna turn on each other, and we kind of figured, I at least kind of figured it was gonna be Bailey that turned on Sasha. Did you see her interview? Uh, the one on SmackDown. Yes. Her uh, promo. Yes, her, I did. Why she did it. Yes, I did. And it actually, for her saying it, it was kind of like the same Bailey. Mm-hmm. But it made sense. It kind of did make sense to me. It, she gets points for logic. Yeah, but like just her talking like that, it it wasn't believable. Like there's certain times I can see a heel in her, and then there's certain times it's like. Well, not even certain times. Majority of the time, it's like, yep, nope, that, I, I still see Bailey. Do you think that's what gets in the way? Like, is that why we can't really fully buy into Bailey the bad guy? I mean, there's certain times I do buy into, ba- buy into Bailey as a bad guy. But not when she's talking. Yeah, no, because just when she talks, like, you've seen her so long in WWE. You know all the things she's done outside of WWE. So you know she's naturally just a nice person. And for me, it's weird because most of the time, the nicest people can be the biggest heels. Yeah. Bailey, I don't think, is the biggest heel. Like, I, I no. can think of probably, maybe, I, I can think of um, probably like 10 people who can play a heel better than her. And that's just in the women's division. Like, I think Tamina, Tamina's a better heel. I think Carmella can be a better heel. Bliss can definitely be a better heel. Sasha. Flair, uh, Charlotte Flair. Like, there's so many people you can think of. She needs a mouthpiece. Bailey, absolutely. As a bad guy, she needs, she a, needs mouthpiece. a mouthpiece. She, she, she needs what they did for Roman. Mm-hmm. Because she actually needs to be less talking, more action. Yeah. You can believe her in her actions, but when she talks sometimes, it's yeah, like... Yeah, you can believe her in the ring as a, bad, Bailey. As, a, as a bad guy, definitely. You can believe her in the ring as a heel. Mm-hmm. It's just when she talks, it's like, yeah, no, I, we, we still hear Hugger Bailey. Mm-hmm. Like, ding dong, hello. Like, when she does that, it's like, yeah, that that's something Face Bailey would do. Mm-hmm. It feels like she's trying. And the same thing with and the... And it shouldn't, it shouldn't feel like she's trying. Yeah, the, the Bailey doe straps thing, Ugh. I didn't even think that that was like a heel move. I, I thought that was something Hugger Bailey would have came up with. Like, I could picture her with a big old smile and the... Ponytail to the side. Bailey those straps with the hug. Damn. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> like, she definitely could have did that. Like I'm looking at a, I'm looking at the shirt right now that I have face. hanging on the wall. That's a Bailey shirt, and it's like yeah, no, I, I can. It's a heel Bailey shirt, and I still see face Bailey on it, which is weird. So I I don't even think. You know where it would have worked. What's that? A W. A W. It would have worked. It would have worked somewhere. She could curse, so you could really yeah. buy into it. Well, hey, hang on now. They're because they're dropping the bitch bomb a lot. Like, yeah, but <sighs> what, what is bitch these days? You know. Hey, people are saying bitch a lot. What is a lot bitch, now. listeners? What is bitch? We're saying bitch a lot on this podcast, <laughs> aren't we? <laughs> no, but like, <laughs> I, I do get what you're saying though. Somewhere you know where there's I mean? more creative freedom. Yeah. It, yeah, it, it could yeah. work. If she could, if she it could, it feels too scripted. 
if she could have like saying like like her thing like Bailey's my role model, like for her to say like I'm not your role model like Edge, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not oh, your role damn, model. Oh damn! I to forgot say, about to say, that. To say like I'm not your role model on WWE is one thing, and the Bailey voice with a Bob and the same <laughs> Bailey attire in black. Yo, that just, I'm not buying that. That just bothered me when I'm you said the that. I'm not your role model thing. I have both of those shirts and I never put that together. <laughs> Terrible. Oh my god! <laughs> I've never but put that together. For for her to say like I'm not your role model on WWE. You know, wearing basically the same stuff, but mm-hmm. in black, and just being really out, like uh, trash talking and bad guy. But it feels like she's just happy the bit. Like I, I, I don't buy it. But if you went in AEW in like jeans and a and a beater and was like, I'm not your fucking role model. Yeah, like if you, it would have been like, oh shit. If you went to Mox, you know I mean? like if you literally did what Moxley is doing, then you could buy it. like I'm not a hugger I'm not here to please you I'm, I'm here to fucking wreck shit and leave exactly it'd yeah. been like alright you take I'm the Roman it. approach I'm gonna wreck I'm gonna wreck shit and leave but we'll believe it. this Bailey is not believable no not at all uh, I'm glad we're on the same page with that though cause I love Bailey and yeah. I, I gotta agree this it's it's not for me but I do agree that she should have turned on Sasha yes so because I. you know Sasha's petty and deceitful. And maybe, you know, Bailey and holds can't on can't hold to. a title for more than 60 days. Yeah, so maybe, you know, maybe this is a good thing. You know, Bailey takes her out for a while. Bailey holds the belt a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Sasha does whatever other endeavors it is she has to do for a little bit, like maybe two months. Mm-hmm. She comes back, takes the title from Bailey. Maybe she can actually hold the title for a little bit longer than Hopefully. 60 days. Like maybe she, She's got to talk to whoever she pissed let, off. Let's hit 75 days. Let's shoot for 80 days. Do you think that's how she gets a long reign? Just, just lowball them. Yeah. Give, me a, give me two months. Yeah, give me well, two months. No, give her a little, yeah, two months, maybe. Like, give me two months on the dot because you give never me give months. me a solid two months. You know what she should do? The moment she wins the belt, she should go to Vince and just be like, hey, um, can I just take off next pay-per-view? <laughs> I, I want to ha- have the title for at least one pay-per-view, so <laughs> let's just keep me off the card this one. Yeah, let's just not do it. Let's do a tag team match as the main event for the next pay-per-view. Oh, my God. I'm just trying to count my numbers. <laughs> Bailey and whoever her mouthpiece is, let's say it's Tamina, just for shits and giggles. Oh, my God. Uh, and versus Sasha and Charlotte, some one of the four horsewomen she calls his backup. Mm. I would say Becky, but, you know, she's still oh on maternity leave. Um, all right, so I think that's everything we we had to cover. You got anything you want to say before we log this off? Um, just to wrap up the Bailey thing, all uh, right? Do you like her explanation? Uh, yeah. I yeah. mean... I, I kind of do. And that you were using me, and I was using you, and yeah, because it 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 was it was true. Is that what you would have went with? Um, no, I would have I would have went with something a little more badass. Mm-hmm. But it's true. Like you, I would have I would have liked for her to say what we were all thinking, what I was thinking. All right, was, what were you thinking? I was expecting her to go out there and be like, listen. Do you think it was easy? Like, I liked how she started it. Like, do you think it was easy for me to beat up my best friend? Mm-hmm. It, it, uh, I would have liked for her to say it, it wasn't easy. I would have liked to say, but but I, it had to be done. Mm-hmm. 
because she's a loser. She's a loser. And the only reason she got this far is because she was riding my coattails. True. She's a loser. She, I won her the belt. I won her both belts. And she lost both of them. Mm-hmm. And losing your belt is one thing, that, but that losing my belt that, is another. That is true. You became, so I had to cut became, you loose. You became two belts banks because of me. Because of me. Yeah, that is true. And I had to drop you when you lost everything because you're a loser. I just had the realization. Like, like you're, you're the dead weight. You're, I'm, you're dragging yeah. me down. I just had the realization that you're only here because of me, and you're going to cause I'm, me to lose everything. I'm essentially defending four belts for the both of us. Trying to help just, you I'm to just win. I'm sick of fighting for trying you. Trying to win my own battles. I yeah. thought it would have been a little more, you know what I mean? I think that I think that would have worked. But, I mean, you know, I like what they won with anyway. Um, I just thought there was a better way. And before we before we get to the shout-outs and stuff, I want to trickle back to the Rey Mysterio-Buddy Murphy match because I know yes. we didn't get to talk about it. Yeah. Angie got to whoop some ass. Oh, and yeah. I didn't say yeah, it, and I'm yeah. mad that I missed it. I yeah. was so hyped to see Angie swinging that kendo stick. She's like, no, no. And she's like, <laughs> like, you hurt my boy. Toma, toma. She starts whooping his ass with the kendo stick, and I was I was hyped. That that made me pop. Oh, uh, like, yeah, that was go really Angie. Fun. That was really fun. It was fun to see the Mysterio family. I was hyped seeing the sisters swing the kendo Dripping stick, Dripping in Gucci, yeah. whipping some ass. yeah. Ray made sure they were swagged out when they came to the ring. Facts. I was like, I'm surprised Angie didn't come out with a Gucci purse and start hitting him with a Gucci purse. <laughs> you hurt my son. Until you see them all together, you really don't understand how much money Ray Mysterio was making. Has made in his career, exactly. Because <laughs> Ray always keeps a low profile. Usually he'll have on like one flashy thing. But and, if you see him out in public, like his masks are fucking expensive. Uh-huh. Like, you see his family crazy. come to the ring, everything they're wearing. You're like, oh, okay. He is he is rolling. They said Ric Flair drip go woo on the bitch. <laughs> yeah, we really have been saying bitch a lot on this podcast. Yeah, we gotta we gotta it's we gotta chill. We're gonna get we're gonna get a gonna get that letter. What they gonna do? Demonetize us? We ain't making no guys. <laughs> <laughs> we ain't making no money shit. No, but I think that was everything we had to discuss. Um, I'm gonna shout out some people for us. Uh, there's a like I said last week, Facebook group showing us some real love. You're a fan of the NFL. You like trash talking and all that? Go to Facebook. Mm-hmm. Find our people. NFL Trash Talk 2020. That group is amazing. They have lives almost every day. There's a fantasy football guru. He's been in and out of NFL locker rooms for, I think, about like 16, 17 years. Mm-hmm. Somewhere around there. Um, so if you're a fantasy football person as well, we got people that know a lot about it. Know who you should start, who you shouldn't start. Plus... It's all trash talk, but it's still a great environment to be a part of. So go check them out as well. Um, I know you want to shout out a couple people, so I'll get I'll take the reins over to you. Well, as always, shout out to Reckless Pops. Shout out to the Proper Popper. Yeah, you can find them on YouTube and subscribe to their channels as well. Yeah, we'll be on one of their lives very soon. And I'm going to shout out our new friend, our new OG, Stop and Funko with JLH. You yes. guys definitely got to subscribe to that man on yes. YouTube. Shout out to JLH once mm-hmm. more. Yeah, JLH is definitely a great person to speak wrestling with. Been around for a long time. Has a lot of knowledge. Um, shout out to our first five wrestlers of the pod. Oh, yeah, definitely. Shout out to you guys. Uh, 
Masha Slamovich, uh, Andrew Everett, um, Jordan Oliver. Uh, who was the other one? Um, Jordan Oliver, Masha Slamovich, Andrew, Andrew Everett, Everett, Will All Day, Will All Day, and uh, and the latest edition, Daniel Torch. Yep. So shout out to all five of them. Uh, if you haven't checked them out. Please go check them out because they're amazing talents. They're yes. great indie wrestlers. Um, and a lot of them have their own merch on uh, pro wrestling tees. Definitely. They definitely um, you know do. that's who that's who we should aim for as a as a sponsor. Pro wrestling tees. Pro wrestling tees. Even though we're not wrestlers. <laughs> yeah, hey, we can become wrestlers. I'm pretty sure once this podcast is over, because of what you said about Frankie Kazarian, I might slam you through the table. Oh, I, I want him to slam me through the table just <laughs> once. Just oh, to know what it man. feels like. All right, guys. All right, guys. Take care. Stay dangerous. Love, Love you. y'all.